Hi, welcome back to Jackie's Hand of Horror. Today we're talking about badass women in history. And I've got with me my gang of badass women. I have Tanya. Hey, Tanya. Hello. Rachel. Hey, Jackie and everyone. And we've got Nudia today, too. Hello, everybody. So um, we're going to start today with our Thumbs Up movie reviews. And um, there's a movie I just had to review. And honestly, I cheated because I saw the movie before I watched the trailer. And, and our job here is to review on trailers. But I did watch it today. And this is for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I'll let you all start. Have you seen that trailer and what do you think well i i never saw that i've seen the trailer i haven't seen the film yet but i've been wanting to see the film and seeing the trailer only makes me want to see it so much more i it looks really interesting and the performances look great and i'm so excited to see this film at some point so when we were watching this trailer or i when i was watching it i was wondering if this is a new trailer that they made after the oscars do you know what I mean? Because it like so totally features Frances McDormand, the badass woman in question, I assume, that like right. I, I feel like they recut a new trailer to be like, Frances McDormand is in this film. See how oh. awesome she is? I think it is. This isn't the trailer I remember seeing when I originally wanted to see the film. I just kept missing it. Um, but yeah, this is a new trailer for me. Yeah. Nudia? Well, in this case, I would agree with Ray. Um, I think it's a new trailer after Frances McDonald uh-huh. getting the Oscar. And it's, it's putting her as the best, badass woman in the movie, which is, is great. I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I have seen the trailer. And actually, yeah, I have seen another trailer. So it's, <coughs> it's portraying her as the main character of the movie and is mm-hmm. great and her yeah. performance is Yeah, great. that's true. You know, um, when I was watching the trailer, I wasn't thinking that because I have seen the film and I thought how beautifully the trailer pulled out some of the absolute best shots and scenes and interactions. And so now it makes even more sense how they made such a brilliant trailer. <laughs> but uh yeah it is i would recommend this film to anybody yes. it's it's a really good film and so i hope everybody can go see it so yeah, i definitely i've been wanting to see it so this only makes me want to see it more so i go back and forth on whether i want to see it or not um i would say this trailer taken by itself would make me want to see the movie um but the opinions of friends who have seen what? the movie makes me not want to see it so uh-huh. okay i'll probably catch it on cable some night maybe i'll probably just wander into it because i i will also add as a native oh. of missouri this film was not shot in missouri which you can you could actually get a good glimpse of in this trailer uh, okay. um, there are From no hills that look standpoint. like that in missouri yeah just just so as you know got it from my native no. tourism standpoint but i also listened uh, or heard about that being based in maybe not exactly the whole real story but real facts of a story that actually happened is that correct or am or i am misinformed I haven't either. Could it, it could be fake news. Yeah, that's know. not something I've ever heard. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, any mother, <laughs> I would say, would do something similar. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people could relate to, uh, you know, those feelings and wanting to fight back. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
And that's our review on the, um, the trailer to Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The next movie we're going to talk about for badass women in history is Girl Fight, which was filmed in the year 2000 and stars Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, I have not seen this film. Uh, the My favorite line in the trailer was when she's looking all smoldery and says, I didn't make the cheerleading team here. <laughs> and she's, it's a story about a, a young woman who has a pretty rough upbringing and uh, she's a real fighter and gets in trouble all the time, not doing good in school. And she wanders into a boxing club and is smitten and becomes a boxer. So what do you all think of it? <laughs> this is another film that I have been wanting to see since it came out, since seeing the trailer a long time ago and never have got to. There's just so many movies. I'm always constantly watching movies. And I don't have time to see all the ones I want to. And again, revisiting the trailer, I've seen this trailer before, um, just kind of re- reawakens my interest in the film. And I definitely want to see it. Um, this trailer made me want to go out and punch everything. Basically, in a good way, I think. But but yeah, especially when the you know in the middle when she's getting all the girls oh. can't fight and blah, 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 blah. it's like I just want to go hit every man I see. Well, definitely, there are no men around right now, so that's probably good for everyone. I agree, and actually, definitely, it's something that shows how badass she is because she goes even against male opinions on what she wants to do. Yep, I liked two things that I saw in the trailer. When she goes mm-hmm. and tells the trainer, I want you to train me to be a boxer. And the other guy says, I don't think you can be a yeah, boxer. Like- and she turns and says, I am not talking to yeah. you. Yeah, I yeah, like that one. That was awesome. And when she goes yeah. to the to the training um, place and she goes to the, to the gym and she punches a guy saying something, I think defending his brother or something like that. Yeah. She, she punches the, 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 the boxer, yeah. the guy. So it is when the trainer sees, okay, you have potential. I want to train you now, right? So <laughs> I really liked it. And I think I have another yeah, movie. I want to see it. I, I really want to see it now. I hadn't even heard of it before. So I'm really glad that uh, Tanya mentioned it. I mean, this, this, um, two things about this that stood out to me. Um, one, putting my marketer hat on. In this trailer, they do such a really awesome job of writing the line between this is a boxing movie where we're beating the crap out of people, and this is also kind of a chick flick in the sense that a woman is going on an emotional journey and like discovering herself. You know what I mean? Like I, I, and I hate dismissing that as chick flick. That's in quotes. That's not my term. But like I, I really thought they did a good job of making this movie look like it would appeal to two very different groups of people. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it go that way. The little bit of romance at first, I went, oh, man, it's not going to turn into some kissy face movie, you know. But, well, (laughs) yeah, perfect. (laughs) And then she punches him. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I love you, and I I I have to win. Boom. Yeah. Well, what I Um, like, yes, what I also liked is that it's portraying Maybe not as a chick flick, but maybe it's, it's portraying a woman's strength physically, mentally, yeah. and emotionally. That's that's the cool part mm-hmm. of it. That's what I'm saying. It's really worth mm-hmm. to see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and she's she's really young. She's 
well, I, I mean, she's portraying a teenager in high school, and she's she's mm-hmm. with a very strong will, yeah. and 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 she's she she's done and set on 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 being a boxer. Man, I think this uh, episode is going to be a little longer today. We picked a we have picked a whole yeah. subject that we all can relate to. You know, badass women. <laughs> well, let's move on. We got to get on to our next. Uh, our forefinger ideas. Uh, so we've both, we've all both, we've all agreed that, uh, <laughs> that we're schizophrenic. No, we've, we've all agreed that uh, we <laughs> like girl fight and we want to see it. So today on Jackie's hand of horror uh, for our forefinger do-it-yourself ideas that we also call the dark arts. Um, Today, we're talking about ways in which to be a more badass woman. And I literally found an article in Thought Catalog uh, about that subject. Uh, The first thing they say is uh, you've got to think about yourself. And that makes a lot of sense because um, I'm finding that I get so damn busy and I'm thinking about everybody else that um, I go by the wayside. And I think we all have that problem sometimes. Um, the second one is to be tough. And I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to go through this list here and then we'll talk about it. Uh, so number one is to think about yourself. Number two is to be tough. Three, to be on your grind, um, which is interesting. It means work hard, work harder than you ever have, which kind of goes against number one. Um, So I don't know who wrote this. I'm going to have to go back and see. Uh, Number four, take (laughs) risks. Uh, Be bold is number five. Number six, ask for what you want. I agree. Seven, be healthy. Eight, have good friendships. And nine, know your worth. Um, those are all good. What do you all think? Oh, yes. I would add a number 10, learn to stop apologizing. I, I find as a woman that's just a yeah. lot of apologizing. Yeah. Um, just kind of for existing on some level, if you boil it all down. I know, mm-hmm. I know, but men I know way more women that way as well. I mean, yeah, I don't know any men who, I, I, I know men who do it too, <clears throat> yes. but I feel yeah. like I know way more men. More, more women who do it. Or, or yeah. more women feel like that's how you're supposed to. Like when oh, I get mad at someone, I apologize yeah. to them, which is kind of weird. Honestly, I've yelled at them and I have a reason. Yeah, when mm. I get mad at them, I apologize to them, like legitimately mad, like because I they've done do something too. annoying. I, I, I do. apologize yeah. to them for being mad at them. What do you think, Nuria? It's, I would add also, I'm sorry, it's because I was making notes in that regard, actually. And I would also I allow mm-hmm. yourself to yeah we're hard on ourselves make mistakes mm-hmm. and forgive yourself for making those mistakes because sometimes it's something yeah. that you are dragging in your whole present mm-hmm. and that's determining determining your future so if you if you consider mm-hmm. yourself that you failed even to yourself right. but you don't forgive yourself right you will continue dragging that emotion yeah during time because you know the future you can't move forward i mean if you're not willing to take risks then you can't move forward and if you're going to take risks you're gonna 
have, you're going to make mistakes. And so it's just kind of like, you can't move forward if you don't fail sometimes and you can't beat yourself up for that. And in this regard, actually, I saw a similar list of topics saying how to be not necessarily a badass woman, but it was interesting, although it was in Spanish, but it could be translated as allow yourself, allow yourself to fail, allow yourself to dislike things, allow Hmm. yourself to try new things, allow yourself to travel, allow yourself to change career, allow yourself to maybe start a new relationship or stop in a current relationship that is not bringing uh-huh. you happiness or something. Allow yourself. And he kept saying, allow yourself, allow yourself. And that's a message to women to allow yeah. themselves all these things. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I look for it. I'll, I'll see if I can find the link. Mm-hmm. As I said, although it's in Spanish, but maybe mm-hmm. in a way we yeah. can find the translation into English or something. And we can share it here. Yeah. Or there's good old Google Translate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Confusing us all since it, it 2003. Might say something really totally different and confuse us all. <laughs> I think that, that's a good point, though, the you forgive yourself. That's something that I've had to learn <laughs> kind of lately, something I've been going through. Mm-hmm. Because I realized I was holding right. on to things that yeah. I felt bad about, like, from you know, from when I was a toddler and like from kindergarten and stuff. Oh yeah. I like, Oh, that time I told on that kid and I made him feel bad. you know, like I was hanging on and I, and I realized how silly that was. It's like, well, I learned from that and I don't do that stuff now. That was my lesson. That was the time I learned, you know, when I made the wrong decision or whatever. And so I had, I had to consciously be like, okay, I'm letting that go now because I don't have to feel guilty about something like that. I'm sure that, that other person doesn't think about that anymore. Yeah, exactly. it's the sort of thing that keeps me from going to sleep. Like, it's just, I, <laughs> oh, God, remember that one time and you, like, you totally took that shot wrong and, oh, God. Yeah. And it's just like, why am I thinking about that now? There's no use. Right, it, time it's to move way on. Over, way over. And, and ask for what you want. That's number yeah. six. I totally agree with that. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's one of the complaints of, men generalize women as a lot of times as saying that women don't say what they want and then they sulk or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, there is some truth in that because we're taught to not ask for what we want and, and to <laughs> concede to everybody else. And then, then we get grumpy about it. And nobody knows why. And it's this horrible, yep. Never-ending cycle. So just ask for what you want. You don't have to do it in a demanding way. I mean, it's it's like the next one here, or one of the other ones about having good friendships. If you have good friendships, then you have communication, and you can do that coming from a place of trust. I do like the know your worth, and on that I yes, and on that I insist. Recently, I have been telling that to my family, my sister, my mom, everybody. You don't have a worth because of, in this case, the person you are with. Uh, right now, I'm single. So, and I allow myself to be alone. And because of that, it's not that I am sad or miserable or my worth is less as a human, etc. And sometimes I even... Mm-hmm get these comments of saying, oh, you are a brave woman, Nuria. You are very strong. 
the way that you are portraying that is really interesting. So I would say, yeah, let's be badass mm. with yourself. Yes. Love yourself and spend mm -hmm. time with yourself. That's not bad. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, on the contrary, I think it's as long as you are good and well and you don't hurt anybody, you don't need to be with someone else to have a worth in life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well said. Any, any, anybody else? Any, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's healthy. Anybody have uh, any closing words on this? Um, well, I think one that rings true for me in this list is to take risks. <laughs> and I just want to add, uh, you know, reasonable risks, of course, not anything, you know, like or anything like that or something that's going to cause great embarrassment, but, but definitely a reasonable risk. And some people need to take more baby steps than other people. But um, I've found that the, yes. that the things that I'm most afraid to try or to do, but that I want to have been the things that I've started to, okay, that's what I actually need to do because then I end up getting the biggest payoff from those type of things. So when, if it makes me a little nervous, I usually know, well, it's because I really care about this and so that means it's important enough to um, do it to go for it so i think that's very important that's a good that's an excellent point because yeah. people stop because they get scared and and it's pushing that sense of being scared and going beyond that is what what mm -hmm. makes you grow um i i would say i i also the know your own worth um resonates with me and and i think part of that in my head is attaching to uh the many ladies on the internet i've seen recently who are like practicing taking up their space on the sidewalk and yeah. and their reflections of of how hard that is how how hard it is to just you know not hog the sidewalk take your half of the sidewalk like look at the sidewalk and say this is my half this is the space i'm allowed to move in and not move just because a man walking in the other direction is overlapping into your part of the sidewalk um and i think it's just that's the just the basic basic worth like like that's not even getting crazy that's i am a human and i am allowed to take up as much space as i take up I don't have to cringe way over here or walk in the grass easement just because a dude is walking in the damn middle of the sidewalk and won't move, you know? I, I, that's something I've always noticed, you know, living in the city and walking around, that men, and I, of course it's like not all men, yeah. but, but it's a number of men have this attitude that they don't care how much space they take up. And whether that be on the bus or sitting next to you or walking down the street, but it's, I've never had that with a woman. I've, I've been, you know, where men, you know, generously mm -hmm. move out of whoever's way too. But um, women always, that I've, that I've noticed just in my own experiences, yeah. always, you know, make room for the other person. And men probably, I don't know, like 65% of the time make room. Yeah. The other part of the time, yeah. the, you know, yeah, they just expect you to walk out of your way or they're going to hit you. I've had men just walk right into me. Well, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's kind of like gender nature. We are more caring and we don't mind sharing space. We don't mind moving to a side or allowing someone else to have their own space or, or any other consideration to any other human being. Women, men, younger, I, I, older. 
I, I mean, I agree that sharing is part of our strength, but I, I think when we push it so far into not even taking our own space, no, yes. that that's part of Definitely. like not yeah. knowing if our own put, worth. So yeah, there's yes, like a balance. We aside, that's another thing. But respecting your own yeah yeah place and allowing someone else to share that place, let's say, um, that's that's part of the strength mm-hmm. we can we can demonstrate. Boy, we, we're going through some amazing times now where people are, the awareness and, and the, the, the possibilities, the opportunities for people to communicate and maybe just become a little more aware of these differences and, and open up more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I hope for. Maybe I'm too old, but I don't know. Last words uh, for the be tough. On the VTOF, it says be mentally and physically strong. And it says that you have to have your mind as, as an athlete. Uh, athlete. Um, I suggest people who is listening, and mainly women, right? We were, because we're talking about badass women. Um, watch these motivational videos of athletes that they give the, the extra effort to compile whatever they have made their minds on the goals that they are looking for. That's, that's great. I think that's very helpful. And yes, I do suggest women to be not only mentally, uh, emotionally strong, physically as well. And not necessarily be a girl fight or huge muscles in your arms, but at least <laughs> have a condition, a good condition. Um, not, not necessarily be thin, or feed it or something, but be healthy with yourself. That That is going to be bringing more strength to you and maybe even long life, which I desire to everybody. Yeah. Yes. Well, good one today. That was great. So we're going to move on now to our next segment. On Jackie's Hand of Horror episode today, Badass Women in History, this is our middle finger interview. And today, we're actually going to interview ourselves, me and my guest hosts, Rachel and Tanya and Nudia. Because, you know, we've talked about it, and there are so many women that we could interview, but the truth is, we're pretty badass ourselves. So I'm going to get this part started off today talking about myself because you know that's one of the things badass women do is they stand up and they they acknowledge the things that they've done and uh, they want to tell people about it so you know in the last three years I've done a lot of things I've written a book growing up with Mono's Hands of Fate and right on the heels of that getting published uh, Rachel and Tanya and I started writing a script and we did a Kickstarter and got Joe Sherlock on board and we wrote a film and a screenplay and we made a movie which is uh, premiering it what like pretty much uh, any time now because I'm not exactly sure what day this <laughs> episode is airing. Oh well, yes I am on the 19th so we will be premiering at Crypticon Seattle on May 4th. Um what else have I done? Uh, right now, I am in the process of working on a comic book with Pulsar Entertainment. 
and a live uh, web series called Monos the Debbie Chronicles, <coughs> where I get to kick some ass after 52 years of after being uh, taken by that crazy cult at the Valley Lodge. <laughs> but there's so many things that I, I believe in. And the only reason that I got to where I am is for some of these things. And uh, I wrote down several of them. Some The three big things that get me moving forward all the time is that when I'm accountable to other people, it keeps me on track. And the way that I find people to be accountable with is that I adopted the idea a few years ago that the world is my playground and I invite people to come play with me because I've always looked at the world as a, a greater good thing. I don't want to move forward unless other people are moving with me because it's just no fun to be alone. And then the last thing, which is actually the first thing was that I learned when I was about 12 years old, when people said, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to be an artist. And they go, well, that's cute, honey, but what do you want to do? And, and I remember thinking real clear, screaming inside my head, I'll show you. And so I have. And I'm going to pass this on now to, uh, to whoever of my hosts wants to go next. And after we've all talked a little bit, then we'll talk together. Who's next? Great, Tanya. Uh, I can go next. Uh, one thing that I want to add to what you're saying, um, I want to say for, for each of us here, I think that especially in this country, it's really, really difficult to be an artist. It's difficult to be a working artist, to make money that way, especially if you're just making money that way. And also um, it, to be taken seriously when, unless you already are successful. So if you haven't become super successful making a ton of money yet, it's hard to be taken seriously, I think, as an artist. So for the fact that we're all doing those things and we don't, you know, there's not really a set path for most um, artistic disciplines. And I think it's much harder than just um, finding, you know, like a regular type of nine to five, for lack of a better way to put it, job. So I think that's very difficult and it's very, uh, it does it take a little bit of courage to do that. Totally. Uh, yeah. So I think in, in that way, <clears throat> each of us is, you know, being brave and being a little badass just to be an artist in this country. And I mean, in other countries sometimes too, but definitely in this country, there is that problem. I think that there's a not true mm -hmm. artistic path. Yeah, absolutely. And about, what about you? What's your path, Tanya? Well, um, I remember, you know, when I was little, I was like about like five years old. And I remember thinking, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be either an actress or a singer. That's what I thought. That's how I put it. Um, and as I, as now that I'm an adult, I realize it's more, you know, I want to be involved in music and I want to be involved in filmmaking. And that's really important to me. Um, <clears throat> the creative aspect of the creation of it, the direction of it, and the storytelling aspect are really important to me as well, which I didn't quite understand in those terms when I was little, but I understand that I wanted to do something, you know, in the artistic performance area. <clears throat> and when I was in about third grade, I wrote like this tiny little um, <laughs> play that I had 
cast kids on the playground. It was a musical too. It had songs in it. And I, I made like songs and choreography. We made this little play on the playground and then we performed it for our teacher. <laughs> and so that tells you everything you need to know about me. But, um, and, and it was called Jungle Fever. <laughs> but it was not, but it meant, you know, I love the jungle. It was all about these girls that love living in the jungle. Wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of my first project. And, um, but yeah, it took me a, a long time to kind of, to kind of get there. Um, I was always very, very shy as a kid. And it was really hard for me. I was very shy, very timid. It was hard for me to like ask for things I wanted or to speak up, you know, in class or even in social situations where I wasn't completely comfortable with everybody present. Um, So it was really hard for me to actually get anywhere. And that was one of the things I had to get over. And how I got over it was um, I, I decided I wanted to go to film school. And I did. I went to film video production Um, technical program at Seattle Central Community College. And in that, those classes, I realized that I was good at um, film and video production. And um, it was just something I really enjoyed. It was something I could just do all day long. And it was something that I was good at. Like my results were what I envisioned in my head. And, um, so I started getting confidence that way. And that was one of the ways that I was able to kind of overcome my shyness, overcome my fear of like asking for things I wanted um, <clears throat> because I wanted them so badly. Uh, like in that program, I actually, um, we had a class group uh, project where every single person in class took on a role and you had to write down uh, like three roles that you were interested in. And then turn that into the teacher and he picked. Um, so he handpicked everybody in every different um, position and role. And I remember thinking at that time, like the person I used to be, I would have been like, oh, I'm not good enough to be director, even though that's the thing I kind of want. I should put down, you know, something else like mm-hmm. art department or maybe producer, because I think I could be a producer, which is like a huge role too. But then I realized, no, what I really want to do is direct this. And it was like kind of scary for me because it was a a risk and it was like being in charge of the whole production. And that was something I wasn't comfortable with taking on. And, um, but I I wanted it. So I, that was the very first time in my life that I actually said, I'm going to go for this thing I want. That Mm -hmm. is a thing that's like, I'm out in front of everybody. I'm the lead of everything. And I, and it was scary. And I, but I wrote it down. I was like, okay, the first number one, one that I want director. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I, you know, produ- I think it would be interested in producing as well. And then like art department. <clears throat> and so I turned it in and I was all nervous and everything. And, and I ended up getting p- picked to be the director of the class project. And yeah. And then that was like a kind of turning point in my life because not only was it something I was, you know, I was afraid in that moment. It was something I knew I finally had gotten to the point where I knew what I wanted in life. Yay. And I also was being recognized for something that I could do well. And then we actually did the project and I did well. So, um, yeah, that was a huge turning point for me. And from there, I, I 
never looked back. <laughs> yeah. 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 We all have those times. We have those moments. Uh, Ray, what about you? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'd say if, if I had to like, um, find my origin points for, for badassery, um, yes, uh, two of them come to mind and, but I'm going to, I'm going to footnote, I'll start with a footnote the way Tanya did, um, and say, it feels so weird to be talking about myself. Do you know what I mean? Like to be like, yes, I am a badass and here's why. And that just, I, I, I told you guys I was going to stand in confidence pose mm-hmm. to get ready for this. And that's totally what I've been doing since we tar- started the segment. Um, and yet it still feels weird um, because I think as women specifically, we are taught not to talk about, not to toot our own horn, you know? Yes. Not to, to go on about ourselves at all. Um, so so this feels weird, but but good. I'm sure this will be, be a good for me. Yes. Um, also, I recommend confidence pose to everyone because it, it feels awesome. I, 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 when, you, when you said it, I, I stood right up. <laughs> I'm in confidence pose right, right now. Everyone at home, get up and spend the next few minutes in confidence pose. And, and then, then we'll do sleeping dog or whatever. I'm not a yoga teacher. Obviously. Okay. Um, origins of badassery. Um, I think, I feel like the first one um, kind of happened in college um, because it was really interesting. I mean, I've always been into theater basically since I knew what it was. I started off in vacation Bible school. Someone couldn't learn their lines in the, in the jail sketch. Um, and so they put me in as the jailer and I just loved it. I loved being the jailer. Um, that was, it was a good time. Um, so also I've always liked to play bad guys, apparently. Um, but yeah, um, in high school I was, you know, deep into the theater department. That's basically all I did. Um, and then of course there's that switch when you get to college, right? You're, you're the senior, you've had all the parts, you've done all the things you wanted to do, and then you get to be a freshman in college. And unless you're just ridiculously awesome, you you don't get cast. You know, I mean, and and that happened to me and I was I was without stuff to do and and I had no theater outlet um, and it was just really weird and hard for me. Um, so one of the TAs decided to start this sort of um, touring production company like that would go to the uh, the lounges in the dorms and and do like short plays that his playwriting students were writing or or just other experimental stuff we wanted to do so he you know he asked if i would help him with that because i was uh working with residential life which was in charge of the dorms um and and i was like sure and that process taught me that when you don't have a project you can produce your own yes Uh uh-huh there are other ways to go. Like you don't need someone's permission to do your thing. Um, which I've tried to keep in mind um, as much as possible. And, you know, I have to keep reminding myself of it as new things come up that, you know, you have to be like, no, I don't need permission to do the thing. I may need to learn how to do the thing. I may need, you know, advice and help to do the thing, but, but I don't need someone else to tell me I can do yeah. it. So that's, or yeah, badass origin point one. Um, my, my other mutation, and this will probably be obvious to you guys, came from puppets. <laughs> um, yeah, so surprise not. Um, as an actor, I am one of those people that get stuck in their head. Um, so I don't, I don't always uh, jump off the cliff the way um, directors want you to when, when I'm acting. From the minute I started being a puppeteer, that problem goes away when there's a puppet on my hand. 
Um, the best example I can give you of this is I, I never thought I would do solo cabaret pieces where I like sang by myself in front of people, but I built a puppet for a cabaret act for a fundraiser thing. And yeah, sang a medley that I had just made up, um, about puberty and, and I had a little, a second puppet that was made out of a tampon. She was the puberty fairy. And, and yeah, and I, and yeah, and my mom came to that actually, which is hilarious because my mom has not seen a lot of my projects as a grown up since I moved across the country. But um, yeah, it's, it wasn't until I got done with that that I was like, holy cow, what did I just do? Okay, sure. Yeah. So um, those, those are the two things I think that if, if I am a badass now, that's why. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Nudia, how about you, badass? Well, I don't know if what makes me a badass person is that I am crazy and I don't want to fix it. Good. Because since I was a child, I had been considered crazy, very intelligent, very energetic, a little bit enigmatic, mysterious, and even scary. Labeled by my own mother. <laughs> and it's because I remember... Oh, my. I think I shared this with you, Jackie, once. Um, for <laughs> Halloween, for example. I wanted... I remember I was around five years old. And I imagined... And the way that I described my costume was... I want to be a tarantula. I want to be a huge tarantula. And I want the paws to come out from my body. All hairy and pointy. And I want to move this way. And I want to scare all the kids. <laughs> so I was so excited. I didn't get that, right? I think my, my father thought I was going to get scared by, by the custom itself. But I didn't get that. So I never forgot <laughs> about it. And I might get one one of these days. Anyways, oh, uh, Nuria, um, real quick. Uh, I, I know people I, who can help you build that. <laughs> so go. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, we'll talk, we'll talk. We'll see, we'll see tomorrow. Yes. We'll see each other tomorrow. So we'll talk, Jackie. Great. Um, okay. The other thing, um, thinking on childhood, that's that, that's another thing that I comes to my mind as a badass person and maybe even as a scary girl. I wanted to be a doctor. I never got scared by blood. And I remember I was in kindergarten and at least in Mexico. They went, some nurses or first aid person, I, I don't remember, they opened our fingers a little bit with a little sharp edge uh, knife or something like that to get our sample to determine our blood type. And I loved it because she took my <laughs> finger and put it on a little bit cardboard with, I would say, pH chemicals to determine the type of blood. And I saw that and I was like, hey, I can't. I could paint with my blood. So I was playing on the cardboard <laughs> with my blood. And I was like, hey, this is fun. I remember kids fainting, screaming, crying. And I was so happy. I was having so much fun. And even the girl, she was like, okay, okay, little girl, you're a little bit creepy. Just, just put your blood away. And I was like, okay, this is so fun. So I don't you know are, why I have you. been that way, but I have been that way since I think I was born. Nothing made me that way. I was born that way. The other thing that, yes, yeah, that's my essence. Um, I think something that, uh, for I can be considered a badass person is the following thing. When I was 22, 23, 
last semester in college. I remember my major is in business administration, minor in HR. So I was taking some occupational medicine for like what is called here, workers' comp and OSHA and all that in Mexico as well. Um, and the doctor, my teacher was a doctor. So he taught us a, a lot of things about uh, medicine, drugs, uh, uses, abuses of it and everything. Uh, so I learned a lot. I wanted to be a doctor. That was my side option for a career. But anyways, I didn't get to, to, go, to do that. My brother is, though. Um, I started feeling really bad. I was actually making plays. Now that I heard, it's interesting that all of us have this background in high school and college of acting, directing, producing, anything in that field. I was in the, in the uh, company, in the theater company, the drama company of, of, in college. So we did Cats, the musical. And a guy fell off on one of my food. So I, I, I thought it was my, one of my, my toes got broken because I was under a lot of pain. I couldn't handle it. So I went in therapy. They put a cast on my foot. Um, anyways, I, I got taken care of and it didn't work. So they dislocated the bone and got a sample of, I don't know, it was gooey stuff, but they, they took out something in between my bones and sent it to the lab. And then I remember around maybe two weeks after that, they called me and they said, okay, we need to talk to you, but bring your parents. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm over 20, but why oh do I need to bring my parents? So I was like, okay. So we met with the doctor and he said, okay, you are in the final stage of a very bad lupus. And you have three months to leave. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. No, no many people know. Uh, now, maybe listening this, this this podcast, many people will know about my story because I don't talk about it. Um, so I was thinking, I'm sorry, but no. And I, I, I turned to heaven thinking, talking to God. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm rebellious. I am not dying this soon. I'm barely finishing college. I'm barely starting my life. I want to, I have a career in front of me in the future. I cannot die right now. And kind of like the heaven answered back to me. And he said, yeah, no, you're not going. You're not living yet. So I was like, okay. So I asked for a second opinion. That doctor was even worse. Mm -hmm. I showed him the results and he didn't even let me sit in front of his desk. He was like, oh yes, indeed, you're going to die. <laughs> Next. And I was no. Okay. Something is telling me I need a third opinion and I didn't feel defeated. I, I fight for it. So I went to a third opinion and this other doctor, finally, my father found this specialist, uh, rheumatologist. Um, he talked to me. He, he asked me questions that the other doctors didn't ask me. He even asked me, have you been checked on this and this and this and this? And I was like, no, that doesn't sound familiar. No, no, no. Yes, no, yes, no. And he said, mm -hmm. Okay, I am going to send you for some more blood tests. He pulled a slip and he checked almost all the squares. He was like, check, 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 check. Get all these checks. I got six tubes of blood drawn from me and, and urine sample and many things. Well, it turned out that I didn't die. Hello. Yay! I was Spoiler alert. And, um, 
What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Sorry to disappoint you, but um, I have, I do have, and I, I feel it every day in my life. I have rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis, and it's painful, and it's hurtful, and I have already a little bit of bone degeneration on some of my joints. But that doesn't stop me. No, you're you're one of the most going people I know. <laughs> I am so energetic. Sometimes I don't even know how I get that energy. <laughs> we don't either, Nudia. <laughs> you know what, Jackie? Determination and the will. The will of doing things. The will. I, maybe my conception of life changed. Yes. Being on the edge of dead and saying... I have so many things to do, so many experiences in life to share, so many things that I don't even know that I will learn, that I, I have been fighting my whole life against this, this illness, even trying not to show it. Yes, I understand that, yeah. Many people don't know, or didn't know until now. <laughs> right, right, yeah, but it can help a lot of people too. I know for me... Um, one of the biggest boosts of my life happened in uh, May of 2001 when uh, a very dear friend of mine died, and she just shouldn't have. She was uh, she was destined to be a wise woman. She was a healer and um, just this amazing person, and and she just you know this cancer just was every, there was just no way. It could be fought. And my last conversation with her, I remember telling her very clearly that I would do all I could to live as fully as possible in her honor because she couldn't. And uh, and I was just thinking about her the other t day. She died at 52 years mm -hmm. old, and I realized I was younger than her. I was I was she was my older friend, and she died at 52. And Dang, you know, I'm like seven years older than that now. <laughs> that's something. And and so that's my push, you know. Uh, and I've seen that like with you, people who have come so close, and but they have such a spirit and such happiness in life. And, and if only the rest of us could catch just a little piece of that without having to come to the edge of things like that. But maybe it's just human nature. I don't know. Well, yes, I... I am not thankful that I have this illness, therefore I get to be this energetic and all that. Maybe I, 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 I don't need the illness to be positive and energetic and all that. Mm. But yes, it's something that you wish nobody would yes. have to go through. Yeah. Wow. What a, you guys, I just, I love you all so much and, and you're part of uh, my playground. I know that. I mean, the, with, between us, we've accomplished so much, and we have so many other really badass women in our circle, and we have some really amazing men, too. It's um, I'm just so happy to be here and part of this, um, this group, you know, this tribe that we're building. Yay. Well, thanks, y'all. And that's that it fun. for today's uh, interview session. And we'll, uh, we'll be moving on here to things we love.
Well, today on Jackie's Hand of Horror for our ring finger, these are things that we love, that we love them so much that we would do things like bury it in the yard or stalk it on the internet or we think of a million things that we could do with things that we love. Today, we have each, each of the four of us have chosen a woman in history that we think is a badass woman. And we're going to each take a couple minutes and talk about the one that we chose. So the one I chose today is a woman who's still living, and her name is Winona LaDuke. She's uh, a Native American environmentalist, and uh, I noticed that she and I are just about the same age. We were born just about six weeks apart. Um, This woman ran for a vice president nominee on the Green Party uh, with the ticket headed by Ralph Nader two times in 1969 and in 2000. She started the Honor the Earth nonprofit to raise awareness not only for indigenous environmental justice, but she's active in the whole uh, Dakota pipeline, access pipeline protests and um but this uh, nonprofit organization that she formed, Honor the Earth, also promotes leadership uh, amongst Native American youth. So it it tries to build Native American youth to take on these roles. Uh, sacred site protection, renewable energy, buffalo restoration. She's written about looks like twenty, thirty books. I'm I've heard of her, but I just can't believe that I didn't know more about her. She's pretty much just about polar opposite to our current government. <laughs> so, so I really think she's a badass because no matter what, this woman just never gives up. She just keeps going. And uh, I honor that so much. And that's my favorite badass woman right now. Uh, how about you, Rachel? Ooh, okay. Um, for my badass woman of choice, um, we're going way back in time to the late 17th century um, to uh, Miss Julie Daubigny, or uh, La Maupin, as she was known professionally. Um, she was awesome. She was a badass because she was raised um, by a father who trained the swords in Louis the Fourteenth's, uh, not trained the pa- trained the pages, excuse me, in Louis the Fourteenth's court, um, and so she learned to sword fight. She was a bisexual, cross-dressing, sword fighting, opera singing star badass. Um, part of, yeah, yeah, she's part of why I love her. This is my favorite story about her. She, she fought a lot of duels. She was a star of the Paris opera. My favorite story about her is, is while she was, um, singing opera, a woman that fell in love with her and it was mutual. Um, and to get the young woman away from, from La Maupin, her, her parents put her in a convent. So what, what did our heroine do? Oh, this is delightful. She entered the convent herself, pretending to be penitent for, you know, her wicked ways and whatnot. Um, and one, not very long when she, after she was there, one of the older nuns dies. So they take the nun's body, put it in her beloved's bedroom, set the bedroom on fire and escape. And and have an affair for like three months on the run and and yeah until she she sends the the girl back home but yeah it was she was crazy badass um, probably also yeah just 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 awesome 
she died very young, but I mean, kind of everyone did back then. So she only lived to be 33 or 37. Um, but in that time, she did more than a lot of people do that live to be like 90. So I'd also like to give a shout out to rejectedprincesses.com, uh, where I got a lot of this info and which is just chock full of badass women. Very cool. I like her. Okay, cool. I'm going to, yeah, I want to know more. And by the way, to our audience, all of the the links to find these people are going to be on our Facebook page, Jackie's Hand of Horror. Uh, Nudia, how about you? What did you come up with? Well, I search on the internet and I look for um, badass women in history because I wanted to come up with a real character in history. And I found Judith. It's a biblical character, and it's uh, the book of Judith is on the Old Testament. She was really badass. Um, she was a widow. Uh, her husband died, and she passed three years and four months in a room built for herself and wore sackcloth around her waist and dressed in widow's weeds. She fasted every day of her widowhood. She became to be really pretty because of it, and she maintained herself in, in a very good health and in a very good condition. So she got really strong, and she was able to defeat, um, I think it's an emperor, how is, um, he is named in, in the Old Testament. His name is Holofernes or Holofernes, I don't know how it's pronunciated. Um, well, she, he fell in love with her. She was a, a widow, but, but she was really young and pretty. And he tried to take advantage of her by putting her into a sleep with uh, wine. But she, she knew about that. Uh, long story short, she beheaded him. And if you are interested in learning more about the story, it is very graphic and very well narrated in the Old Testament. So I highly suggest you, you don't need to go to Google or Internet in any way. I can share a link where I found her and the summary of her story. But it's really fascinating the way it is described, real, real facts and real things. And seriously in a very bad as maybe even horror side description of the beheading of Holofernes by her alone in his dorm. So seriously, I, I think I did a good choice by, by talking about her or reading about her. And I learned a lot, actually. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay. And, uh, okay. Um, Let's uh, go to Tanya. What'd you find? Um, well, I, I cheated a little bit. I picked three women. Um, but uh, basically, I picked the three kind of most famous primatologists, Jane Goodall, Diane Fossey, and Brute Galdikas. And they each studied, they studied primates. Um, Diane Fossey is famous for studying gorillas and Jane Goodall chimpanzees, um, Brute Galdikas orangutans. And um, before them, people didn't really know a lot about primates, um, and most of them are endangered now, and the areas that these women worked in are 
areas that are you know becoming um, you know deforested and where there's a lot of danger for ecological damage and um, just a really great environmental impact. Um, just for example, at the turn of the century, there were a, there were over a million chimpanzees alive, and now there's there's just a little over three hundred thousand. So um, there's a lot of environmental impact have been going on over the years, and the thing that I think is so amazing about these women is that they each um, they each put themselves at great risk. And Diane Fossey, people probably know, um, was actually murdered while she was out there. And, um, you know, they were studying in places like Tanzania, the Congo, Rwanda, places that are very dangerous. And especially uh, back in the day, in the 60s and whatnot, there's a lot of political strife and a lot of danger there. And these women um, faced this danger, took a lot of great risks so that they could study these primates so that we could have better understanding of how they lived, um, their civilizations, their social groupings, so that we could have a little more, I guess the general population could have a little more empathy and understanding of these animals and understand how closely they are related to us. And these women are responsible for how we know um, that, you know, the gene closeness to humans and primates and the um, social way they behave and the way they learn, how intelligent they are, it's all due to these women and also their um, predecessor, Dr. Lewis Leakey. And these three women are kind of known as Leakey's angels. They're kind of known as the three women that took up his work when um, he was done. And the two remaining women continue this work today. And also, I think it's, it is difficult to kind of stand up for those who can't have a voice themselves and be compassionate. And it's more, it's more brave, I think, to do that than to be a, a bully or to be negative, tear something down. So I think I find these women very brave and very badass. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Okay, man, what a great episode today. Um, next segment is going to be Young Aradia. And we thank you so much for being with us for our women uh what is this <laughs> thank you for being here for our badass women in history hi my name's radia welcome back to jackie's hand of horror yay <laughs> thanks honey well, today we're talking about badass women, and uh, we've already discussed that you know what badass means. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you were telling me about this movie that you saw. Yeah, it's called Princess Mononoke, but it's mostly about a prince. It's mostly about a prince. Really? It's not funny, but it's called Princess Mononoke. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. Well, what about Princess Mononoke makes her strong? She got adopted about uh, by this wolf, and she wants to cut. She wants to cut someone's throat. She wants to cut someone's throat. Why? Because they will mean and shot the mom in the neck, but it's not that easy to kill a god. 
Oh, that's for sure. So, who's the god? There's lots of... There's three gods that talked about, um, a pig. No, um... Oh, um, like with tusks? A boar, a boar, a boar. A boar. Okay. A boar, um, a white boar that's, um, a god. The wolf, the, um, god wolf that I'm going to be talking about. And then the forest spirit. Okay. Well, tell me about the wolf. Well, um, she's a, she adopted this girl and her name's Sun. And her name's Sun. Okay. And Sun's the technically, technically, um, the, the, oh, um, the technically the daughter of the wolf god. Sun is technically the daughter of the wolf god. Yeah. But that's different from Princess Mononoke. So does she help Princess Mononoke do something besides cut somebody's throat? No. She doesn't help at all. Oh. Does Princess Mononoke cut somebody's throat? No. No. But she tries. She um, takes off her necklace that has a crystal dagger and tries stabbing um, another girl's throat that's really mean and shot her mom in the, in the throat. Wow. Well, you know, at this point, I'm absolutely completely confused, but that's okay, because that's part of your job here on Jackie's Handle Horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's about as far as we can get with this one today. Yeah. <laughs> but I sure love hearing your point of view. Okay, honey. Well, let's sign off and say thanks for being here today. Thank you for being here on Jackie's Hand of Horror! I hope you enjoyed this episode of Jackie's Hand of Horror. For links and more information on the fun and sometimes horrible things we discuss, please visit us on Facebook at Jackie's Hand of Horror, and that's Jackie with an E-Y. Thanks again for listening today, and special thanks to the great people who come together to make this podcast possible. My co-host, Tanya Atomic and Rachel Jackson, and also Greg Talley, Ron McAdams, Natalie Ryan, and the rest of the crew at the Revival League Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for another Jackie's Hand of Horror 